Hello, hello, and welcome to The Youth Coach. That's right, no music, no fluff, and on this podcast, we get right after it. So for some reason, you're crazy enough to want to be a youth hockey coach. That's right, and that's probably how you stumbled on this podcast, but don't worry, you're in luck because this podcast is going to be directed at coaches who are looking to develop their youth hockey team and take their hockey coaching to the next level. So whether you're looking to produce practice plans, how you're going to pick your team, developing players, your in-game management, and just for some fun, we'll sprinkle in some day-to-day hockey news. Right now, this podcast will be recorded on Wednesdays, and it's going to be uploaded on Thursday morning. So you can listen on your drive to work, or maybe it's something you throw on casually in the car while you're taking your trip down to the rink. Make sure you stop back by on Thursday because that will actually be our inaugural episode of The Youth Coach. So we'll get started on our journey there together. Now, in order for you to kind of trust me and want to listen to what I have to say, you're probably thinking where did this kid play or where does he kind of have his roots in the game of hockey? So I actually started playing back in 1999. That sounds like it was forever ago. Um, It was actually the year the Dallas Stars won the Stanley Cup. Uh, So I did start playing youth hockey and developmental hockey there. And then when I was about 10 years old, I moved to Chicago, which is where I played out kind of the rest of my youth hockey. Uh, It's also where I got my first stint as a developmental coach, and that was doing learn to skate and the learn to play hockey program it actually started out a little funny because it was when my younger brother started looking to play hockey and maybe it was a little bit selfish on my end but I had asked the hockey coordinator there if I could just hop out there for learn to play so I could you know mess around with my little brother for a little bit kind of teach him a few things and it actually turned into a huge passion of mine I started doing it three days a week and twice on the weekend while I was actually playing full-time as well. So I started picking up some private lessons with a couple students that were in those learn-to-play classes, whether they were JV hockey players or they were five years old. Uh, We were doing some synthetic ice work or maybe we were coming out to a stick puck and kind of working on a couple things. Ultimately, when I was about 17, we ended up moving to Connecticut, which was my junior year of high school. And that's where I started playing junior hockey on the East Coast. I played for about one and a half years. And then my senior year of high school, so towards about November, my senior year in Connecticut, they did something weird where you couldn't play juniors and you couldn't play high school at the same time. And I was actually playing on a junior team that was in New York, and a lot of those kids could play both. And so About November, early December, a lot of kids, they decided to leave and go play for their high school teams in Connecticut. Uh, I ended up doing the same thing, and we won a state championship that year. By far, it was probably one of the funnest years I've ever had playing hockey. Uh, The friendships, kind of all the kids from school coming out to the game, uh, it was pretty crazy. We ended up winning that state championship game 2-1 to in overtime. It was the first one our school had ever had, so it's something I'll never forget. 
after that year, I went and tried uh, to play for a couple junior teams in the EJHL and one in the NAHL. Didn't really work out. I had torn out my shoulder uh, the year before, so that would played another part in kind of why I decided to play high school. I hadn't fully recovered. Um, a lot of coaches were a little bit questionable of maybe how that shoulder was going to play out, and then also my size. I'm only about 5'9", 165, so uh, tiny guy. For all you guys that are 6'1 out there, I envy you a little bit. But not much, but a little bit. Um, and so I ended up not really wanting to be an eighth nine guy being in and out of the lineup. Uh, I also kind of had a high interest in being a doctor. And that actually was because of my shoulder surgery. So I decided to take a look at school and I went to the University of Alabama to pursue a degree in biology and I was on a pre-med track and I did have the privilege of playing ACHA D3 hockey and then my sophomore year the program ended up transitioning to ACHA D1. Um, I did become the president of the team both my junior and the senior year and it was an awesome experience getting to kind of work alongside a huge team of student volunteers and we were able to kind of develop that atmosphere and grow like a social media presence and how we did our fan engagement um, and it was a lot of fun definitely I wouldn't trade my college experience for the world um, after my senior year of college I ended up having surgery the same one on the opposite soldier um, I had wow shoulder not soldier um, but I had found out that I had actually tore the labrum in my right shoulder um, so I went home in about June had that surgery done and then that fall I went to the main camp which I had an invite with the Huntsville Havoc at the SPHL um, yeah that didn't go over too well I was not in the best shape just because I had kind of been off my skates for a while but I did get a per diem pack and if you know what I'm talking about it means I did get to play hockey and get paid for it so technically I was a pro hockey player but I got cut. So, and we'll talk about that story later because it was actually kind of funny, but I love the Huntsville Havoc program. They really do treat you above and beyond, and there's nothing that they won't do to kind of ensure that you're in the best environment possible. Um, so because things didn't work out, I ended up moving to Nashville, Tennessee, and now I work full-time as a medical sales rep, and I get to coach U14 hockey on the side. And it really gets to kind of combine two of my passions, uh, working in the medical field and also getting to kind of work with hockey players that are in a huge transitional state for their game, moving from the U14 to the U16, exploring juniors and things like that. Um, so I say all that to kind of tell you what I hope you can gain from this podcast is understanding that coaching is extremely difficult at the youth hockey level. Um, whether you might not have the resources or the ice time, there's a multitude of things that can affect your overall coaching strategies. Um, one of the biggest things is players want to win a championship. So do the parents, even if they don't tell you. 
but it's imperative that us as youth hockey coaches reiterate and kind of set the foundation that our main goal is to develop our players and ensure that they have a great strong foundation and the fundamentals to take their game to kind of the next level or to be ready when they transition to the next age group. Um, So U12s to U14s, U8s to U10s, um, things like that. How are we teaching body position if we're going from U12 to U14? How are we teaching skating from U8 to U10s? Um, So we're going to talk about a wide variety of topics from developing into championship culture to attacking our practice plans with a purpose to create a season-long developmental strategy for our team as a whole and our individual players. Um, I've also thought about talking a little bit about how are we managing our bench during the game? What does that look like? What kind of tips do I have? Do other coaches have when it kind of comes to setting a game plan, whether it's the night before or the day of? And maybe just some other things on how to take some mental or physical notes during a practice, during a game, to see kind of what needs to be implemented, uh, maybe at next week's practice or for the game that might be the next day. So, like I said, absolutely no fluff on this podcast. So, we're going to dive right into tip number one. Um, It actually comes to me from my father, and it was when I first started playing. Now, keep in mind, my dad was a Southern gem, and he did not grow up playing the game of hockey, not once. Um, was pretty good at playing ball hockey, but skating and controlling a puck at the same time, he needs some work. But he did probably give me the most sound piece of advice that any of my coaches have ever given me. And that was to be a student of the game. Uh, don't just watch the game. Try to understand it. Why are players taking certain lanes on a back check? Why are defensemen attacking forwards down the wall and in their offensive zone on a certain angle? I do think it's fair to say sometimes elite level players might be doing it just to do it, but most of the time there's a purpose, right? They know that by taking this specific lane or this specific angle away, they're limiting their opponent's options. And based on video review or team practices, they as a player are trusting the teammates around them are going to be in the appropriate places to force the opponent into a turnover or maybe create a high level dangerous scoring opportunity. So as a coach, It is our job to educate, not just to put together random drills that are going to keep our kids skating and have the parents look out on the ice like we're utilizing our practice ice efficiently. Because just because players are skating around and just because players are going through drills, it doesn't mean we're being efficient or effective with our ice time. Uh, One thing I know for myself at the youth hockey level, ice time is very limited. We get two and a half hours a week. So we as coaches need to be putting together practice plans that are accomplishing things 
and are cognitively engaging our players. Um, I'll say that one more time. Practices should be cognitively engaging your players. Um, And maybe this means you need to start by doing a 15-minute pre-practice chalk talk in the locker room or a quick little recap after practice to make sure the players understand what the learning objectives are for that specific on-ice session. So if you really notice that your team was struggling with two-foot passes, You might put together a lot of drills that feature short-range passes or tight area passing, and your kids need to understand, hey, that's the focus of this practice, is being able to make a tight area pass, a short-range pass, making sure that we're hitting tape-to-tape passes, or maybe you're really working on D-zone. It's something that our team's going to work on this week before heading to our championship weekend, and my other coach and I, we've already discussed that we need to outline to our players before the practice hey, these are our objectives. How are we covering our points? How are we covering the front of the net so that their brains are actively embracing the information that we're sharing? Because if not, and your players are just going from point A to point B to complete a drill, they're only really going through the motions and they're not retaining why you're working on a specific skill. It's one thing that I look back on my hockey career that if I could go back and be more of a student of the game when I was 9 years old, 10 years old, 15, I think it would have taken my game to different levels because I really didn't embrace this tip until way too late in my hockey career. Um, I'm pretty good at decision-making now but it was something I really struggled on when I was a younger player and it was because I didn't really understand or put time into focusing on why was I executing this drill why was I trying to accomplish this in practice or just looking at the drill is hey I need to get from point a to point b whether it's a one-on-one drill or it's just doing circle skating versus really thinking okay I'm working on my outside edge work here while we're doing this circle I need to lean in a little deeper And so I think if we can teach our kids, the younger the better, to be a student of the game, not only do I think it ignites their passion for a game on a whole new level, but it's also going to kind of set them up for the long run to be one step ahead of other players that are just kind of going through the motions. So that's tip number one. Um, Lastly, kind of here, don't forget to head over to the Youth Coach Podcast on Instagram. Um, That's going to be where you can send me private messages on questions, topics, anything you want discussed on the podcast that's youth hockey coaching related. I'm definitely going to be open to it. So no matter how simple or complex the question, 
I'll try my best to tackle each question on a subsequent podcast so that we as a group can continue to take our coaching tactics to the next level. Um, In the near future, I'm also going to look at trying to get other coaches from various different levels, from various different leagues to hop on the podcast and address some certain situations that we're taking a look at so that we can get other people's opinions on some of the things that we're going to be taking a look at. Um, So whether you're a first-year coach or you're looking at being 10th year grizzled vet and you're just looking for a couple refreshers that this podcast might offer, I do think it's going to have a little bit of something for everyone, whether you're just now going for your USA Hockey Level 1 or you've been Level 5 for 10 years. So make sure you share this podcast with a fellow coach. Maybe you share it with your players and their parents just so that they can get a better understanding of the game and once you've done that bust out a pen bust out a notepad or hey maybe just break out that old whiteboard that has marker stains that never go away and let's take our next step up in the youth hockey coaching